Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, how are you? We're good. Uh, not great, but we're good. We're running into some technical difficulties with the equipment. I think it's because we are in a new studio location. Um, for those that don't know, we moved into the garage. It's cold today. It's windy. And the temperature may or may not be doing something to the equipment so trying to figure it out but uh we're here we're live we're making do so we're excited we do have a space heater almost burned down the garage but that's fine so just turn that off it is like 35 degrees outside yeah so it's not even like the coldest it'll ever get we're in the frozen tundra of buffalo and it could potentially get in the sub-zero temperatures and then i don't know what we're gonna do what do we do We'll be fine. We'll insulate the garage. We will tack it up. Takes 20 minutes. You act like I know how to do that. I got you. We'll just... you have a six-foot ladder? No. Okay. I will bring my six... I have a 46-foot ladder, if that helps. Perfect. I will bring my six-foot ladder. We'll tack this up, and then uh, we'll be good to go. So there's... There's a little work to do before winter, but it's fine because yes. this week it's going to be like 65. And it's mad windy today, too. So the soffits you might hear in the background, they're just, you know what? That's going to be our new beep for this episode is every time you hear the soffits or we hear the soffits. We don't even know if everyone else can hear the soffits. <laughs> but every time that we hear it, we're going to take a sip. Sounds good. So we'll never drink because now it's not going to do it. Watch. I got to take down my awning, actually. There's a lot of stuff now that like living in this house, I have to do to prep for winter. Like, do you do you need to go out and like wrap up your landscaping in the front of your house or no? No, I made that maintenance free. I designed it and redid it so I don't have to do anything for winter for the landscaping. The only thing I have to do on the outside is before winter, I make sure that the windows are Windex right before winter. I just clean it one more time. Um, I wrap my AC unit with the AC cover 
and then bungee cord that to make sure it doesn't blow away. And then I put a piece of wood on top of that with a landscaping stone on top of the piece of wood to keep it on the top. That way it's fully protected and then there's not a lot of weight mm-hmm. uh, sitting directly on top of the AC unit, if that makes any sense. So basically yeah. just try to protect it with the snow. Um, what else? Do people normally do that? Yeah. I feel like I don't see it happen. If you're proactive, you should. The biggest thing, too, is you're protecting the coils. So I just make sure that a lot of stuff doesn't get blown into the unit uh, throughout the winter. And then I make sure that I don't really have a lot of leaves on my lawn because the leaves kill it. Mm-hmm. So I cut the grass two days ago or whatever. Um, I left it at just over three inches in height so that the water can sit on top of the grass and it doesn't go all the, you know. Aren't you supposed to cut it as low as you can for winter? No, because there's going to be so much moisture on it that you want to keep the grass at a decent height. So but I that, thought that when it brings it down, the grass then lays flat and then it kills the grass under it. No. no? Well, at three inches, you don't have that issue. If it's like five to six inches, you'll have that issue, but True. not at three inches, you'll be fine. So I cut it down just to just over three inches. It's not even three and a quarter inch. And then it's good to go. And then I take the leaves and blow them all off, make sure there's no leaves on the lawn. So that's about it. My house is pretty low maintenance. Yeah. And then any outdoor furniture or whatever, I just bring it inside. What do you have to wrap? Like people wrap their landscaping. Is that just like pine trees and stuff? It depends on the, the plant, but I don't have any plants that I have to wrap. They just die. And then they come back. They're uh, perennials. So they come back every season. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about that. I got to take down the canopy. The canopy is basically blowing away today right. because it's so high winds. And I have lawn furniture scattered throughout my lawn right now because I was working all day, come home, and everything's everywhere. So, But whatever. We got a pod, bro. Pod first. <laughs> we'll figure it out. House second. Yeah, exactly. So what else, man? What else is going on with your week? How was your week? What did you do? Anything exciting? Anything new or exciting, Mike? Wow. Weekly recap. I changed my brakes and rotors on my truck right before winter, so that's super exciting. Don't have to worry about that for another, like, 60,000 miles. Um, I mean, except for pads or whatever, but... And then I WD-40'd the hinges. You're annoyingly over, like, prepared for everything. Yeah. Yeah. Who yeah. does this? I want my truck to last a while, so I don't want to have rusty rotors going into another Buffalo winter. So, they've never been looked at. They've never been touched. So I just ripped them off and replaced them because they were shot. So that was fun. Then I went to my buddy's house, cut up some wood, uh, drove his tractor, stacked all the wood we chainsawed and cut up. And Whereabouts was he? Because that looked like a big lot that you were on. Yeah, he owns eight acres. He's out in Holland. The Holland Land Company? Did he get it from the Holland Land Company purchase? No, but he actually got the loan to buy the plot of land when he was 18 over 30 years ago from the Bank of Holland. Because they're the only bank that does land lot loans in the area. That's pretty sweet. mm -hmm. Um, And then he built his house when he was 19, 20. What is your ideal land size? His. Eight acres. Yeah. I I would buy more so that I don't have any neighbors or anything else. And then I can just hunt on the, the land and I can manage the land and make sure that I'm not totally desecrating all the deer that are on it. So if I have, you know, I could set up trail cams or whatever and then if there's a doe that comes in i won't shoot her if she's small because next year she'll be even bigger and then same thing with the bucks like if it's a four point buck then you know like let him grow up and then get him when he's eight or ten point you know like i wouldn't if it's my own land i would kind of 
maintain it that way. I won't just if it's brown, put it down. I'm not going to do that because then I won't have any deer at all on my land yeah. at all to hunt. So I'll I just kind of like, let them go. I feel like I want a lot of land, but I would not because again, you're so annoyingly over prepared and like will maintain it. I would not. Well, I mean, I'd dude, be the anything... issue that California wildfires are still going on because the things would fall down and I wouldn't pick anything up. But to the point of it is, say you have 70 acres, you would only maintain five realistically at the most. You would just do your immediate area and the rest you would just own. Um, most of it's wood. Yeah. I mean, the only place you would have 75 acres now is it's all woods. So you would right. just leave it be. The only reason people buy lots like that now most most cases anyways i can't speak for all but most cases it's just because they don't want neighbors so they buy massive lots so that they ensure the fact that they won't have anybody close to them um and i feel like with eight to ten acres you can have that feel of i'm close to something like i'm close to the city or a grocery store gas station things like that but i'm not in a development there's right. nobody directly on top of me and that's that's kind of the feel of and of you're also you not out in the boonies like i would love yeah. to have land but I don't want to be 30 minutes or an hour from downtown. Right. Like, that's not fun. You have to be somewhat close to people. Yeah. Because then your kids are going to grow up socially awkward. <laughs> to a point. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Because it's going to be weird to have people come out like, all right, once you pass 14 cow fields, I'm right there on the right. So I, I want that so much. But people don't understand how small or like how small even one acre is. When you say that you're on a, a plot of land for one acre, it's really not that big. Me right now? No, like every like in general. Oh, correct. One acre yeah. of land is not that large. Not at all. So, I definitely am striving for. I, I put on my Zillow search, my realtor search, because you know you're always looking. I put on there like three plus acres. That's all I want. It would just be nice because, like you said, you, then you just don't have neighbors. But do people buy fifteen acres? for them to then resell part of it to somebody else? Like, is that a market too? That's a I have move. no idea. Yeah, yeah, it's a move for that. Or they'll buy, say, like 150 acres, they'll occupy 20, and then they'll sell the rest off to some development company, and then they get a portion of all that pro- uh, or something like that where, I don't know, people, you can make a lot of a lot of money doing that, but I, you need 30 or 35% down to buy land. Oh, really? Because there's nothing for the bank to take back at that point. Well, that, but... It's land. So right. if somebody owns it, you can't make more land, you yeah. know? So with a house, it's it's typically 20% down, but for land, it's well, a whole different Yeah, it's a whole different market. Because you were looking into it, weren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Are you still looking into it or not right never now? Never stopped. Really? It's similar to a car. Yeah. Like, I'm never out of the market for a car, even though I'm going to have my truck for another 15 years. Um, houses and everything else is essentially the same. So, but yeah, what about you? What would you do? Well, we went golfing. We were talking last week or two weeks ago on how oh, when yeah, is the dude. right time to go and transition from external golf to internal golf, and we did. Yeah, we knocked out 27 holes of virtual golf in two hours. We were cranking. Yeah. Which I'm not going to get. Do I? Yeah, I want to go down this road. Masks, I understand. I understand masks, and I understand that businesses are forced to enforce whatever type of governance, regardless of who the idiot up top is, that – is delegating all this authority down. But I understand that businesses have to uphold, and that's why you and I did it. Like, we weren't fighting them. But we're in this space to virtual golf. And if anybody has ever been virtual golfing, you have this basically like cubicle that it's, you're hitting it's into. It's a giant bay, bay slash yeah. stall. Yeah. yeah. And it's just you and I there. Yep. And the next person is like 20 feet away. 
and they made us wear masks while we were swinging. Like I didn't understand that. Like if you come out of the bay and you're like drinking or eating or whatever, sure, have your mask on. But I took it off to go swing, and he's like, "You gotta put your mask back on." I'm like, I understand, but this is stupid. I can feel the condensation in my beard. It's Be- gross. Yeah, that. And then also we had our own table yeah. in our own stall in bay. And if if we sat at the table in the same space, we didn't have to wear a mask. Mm-hmm. So it just doesn't make sense. No. So we would literally swing and then just sit right back down and take the mask off because we didn't want to wear a mask for two straight hours. Which I understand because, again, they're going back to what the people at the top are saying. Correct. The type people at the top are saying if they're at a table, they don't have to wear something. If they're up from the table, then they do have to wear it. And we were technically up from the table. We were nowhere near anybody because right. we were in our own bay. So I understand, but it was just so aggravating. But we still powered through it and... We had pretty good rounds. Yeah, we did. That that back or the third nine because we played eighteen and then we had some time extra. That third nine, dude, I was even par through nine. I've never done that before. <laughs> yeah, it was ridiculous. I was, I was so annoyed. Some mad shot, mad yeah. good shots. But so are you, man? I mean, did you like it? So how was your first outing? Because that was the first time you've ever done it. Well, it was nice to start a round of golf and then finish with the same ball. You know, it's true. So regardless of how many times I went in the water, because I was <laughs> so Mike's first time out. If anybody knows, if anybody likes golf. You have courses around here, which are manageable. Harvest Hill, it's a manageable course. Town courses, they're manageable. Mike's like, you know what? My first time out, Pebble Beach. And it's like, dude, you have 20-foot fairways, and then you go off a cliff into the water. What are you doing? So, I mean, you just went full into it. And, I mean, you did pretty good. I did not. Yeah, I finished I finished Pebble Beach with one with a score of 102. Yeah. So, I'm not, I'm not mad about a 102 on Pebble Beach yeah. for virtual golf, but... There were some strokes that I'm sitting there shaking my head like, what in the world was that? Mm-hmm. Why? Oh, yeah. I mean, I did that all the time. I took like seven tee shots on one hole because I kept shanking into the water. Yeah. So it's it's so aggravating, but it's so much fun. And like you said, you can start off with the same ball and end with the same ball, and you've never felt better in your entire life. Correct. Because if you do that on a real round of golf, you're extremely happy. Yeah, juiced up. That only happens at like Delaware. Yeah. Because there's nothing else around. It's just a big open field. Listen. That's why Lynx golf is the way to go. No. You lose all your balls playing Lynx. What? Delaware is Lynx. So is Ivy Ridge. Ivy Ridge Lynx. Yeah. That's okay, because but they, they got cut water the, everywhere. Well, that, but then they also cut the they cut everything down so you can actually find your ball. Typically, all those Scottish fields, it's all super high grass. Heather. You lose your ball everywhere. Yeah. yeah. Heather is the worst. Yeah. I'm not, I hated her growing up. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, Heather is like the very tall grass that yeah. is in the fescue, they call it. For the longest time, I thought that they just kept misspelling rescue. I'm like, dude, you got to go over here to the rescue. And they're like, it's a fescue. Like, it's native fescue grass. I'm like, oh, nailed it. Sounds good. I'm just going to go play from the rescue. You can play from the fescue. It sounds better. But, uh, yeah, so Link's style is better, in my opinion. But, it's I mean, it was wild. it was fun. We got some beers. So, what's cool is we went to the grill at the Dome, which is the Paddock Dome. And they have a lot of local breweries there on tap, which you and I were able to drink. We had to get a pulled pork sandwich because you can't drink or else the Rona will get you if you don't have food. Um, but they had Four Mile Brewing there. So you and I were just slamming raspberry wits. Yep. So good. Yeah, it was raspberry amazing. wheats. It hit the spot. Very good. And then Halloween happened. So I went to a super small Halloween party. Uh, what did you dress was, up as? It was a great Gatsby theme. So I had a hat. Uh, normal white button down, and then I had some arm sleeves, and then I had my pipe, suspenders, and then just 
uh, black slacks and oh, cool. black dress shoes. And then Colleen had her own like full get up dress and headpiece, gloves, a fake long cigarette like Corella Deville. Nice. Yeah, all this craziness. So it was a fun party. There was, uh, I can literally count two, four, six, eight, ten, nine, nine or ten total people hmm. at this house party. Very small, very, it was, it was amazing. Um, food was to die for. They had spreads all over the place, cigars everywhere, scotch and bourbons all over the place, nice. champagne. I and mean, it was just, it was a really nice party. And then all of a sudden pizza and wings shut up out of nowhere. So dude, I had pizza and wings for like three days in a row. How are you feeling? Horrendous. Do you? Horrendous. So tonight we're having yams, AKA sweet potatoes, uh, asparagus and steak. Nice. And water to get yourself back on track, and then I'm yeah. Our meal prep is like super bland this week, so yeah. it's just really, really clean chicken, had, chicken, rice, and veggies. Yeah, we had people over, so we didn't do anything for Halloween. We just wanted to stay home and hand candy out to kids. We we put the bowl like what I did was I put the bowl outside of the screen door and held the bowl, and then they picked from the bowl. I wasn't going to do this like 90 foot PVC pipe that people are doing from their top balcony and basically just shooting candy down it to kids so they don't ever have to touch them. It's like, all right, let's chill out a little bit. It was. Have you ever seen that? No. Dude, they had like PVC pipes going down to the sidewalk up to their like second story house. What are you doing? The kid's going to get pelted in the face. He doesn't know what's coming. I know. You or, can't. Like, I'm going to put an apple down here. Hopefully he knows. Right. You Hopefully can't. he's got his baseball glove. <laughs> it's going to nail him right in the face. He's going to have a black eye for the next week. And that's why you don't bring apples to Halloween. Right there. Now, we were handing out little bite-sized Snicker bars because Snickers are the best candy. Over Reese Cups? Oh, 100%. We need a new bracket. <laughs> Halloween candy. We should have done that on the Rub episode. It's fine. But no, Snickers for me is number one. I love it. We'll talk about it later. So, are you doing like the small Reese cups or like Reese Pieces M and M's or like what are we talking here? For like best candy? Yeah, like when you said Reese's. Yeah, the OG Reese cup. Oh, like the big one with the black under and it's like this thin with yeah. the peanut butter inside. Gotcha. Yeah. A normal I just, Reese. I just cup. described Reese. <laughs> A normal Reese cup. Yes. You know, like the one with the uh, with the things on the edge and <laughs> comes in foil. <laughs> You're shot. I love Kit Kats too. Kit Kats are bomb. Yes, Kit Kats are up there. I would I would say Reese Cups, Kit Kats, and Crunch Bars are in the top. Oh, over Snickers? You like Crunch Bars over Snickers? Are the in the top five for me? Then I would go Milky Way then Snickers. Oh, God, why would you? What do you mean? Why would I? <laughs> Twix is top ten as well. Yeah, to me it goes Snickers, Reese's, Twix, Kit Kat, and then. Payday. I don't. I don't know. <laughs> what in the world? Let's get on with this. You're gonna flip, dude. I can't. I'm gonna get so mad. Let's talk about what we're drinking. Weekly recaps over. I'm ending the segment. Jesus Christ. You don't like paydays? What about 100 grams? Oh, that's the raisin brand of candy bars. What is wrong? There with you go. You? So it's number one. All right. Perfect. And is What's it grand two? or 100 grand? No, grand. Like G R A N D. There's no A before no, the R. It's not a. In a marksman rifle from the 90s or from the 1900s 90s that was like 20 years ago yeah it was the standard issue rifle in world war ii you're adorable know, anyways thanks, appreciate it all right so close. let's let's talk about what we're drinking sounds good Are i'll you... let you take the lead you're welcome i wanted to ensure 
one fact before I stated it. All right. We are having an all-American product from start to finish, first and foremost, from the lid to the wrapper to the label to the product itself to the medallions to who customizes the medallions. Every single aspect is 100% American-made. First fact. This is 13 Monkeys Whiskey. It is 80 proof. It is aged five years. Beep. <laughs> Mid-sentence. You weren't expecting that, were you? This completely American-made whiskey started in Buffalo, New York, and is new to the market. It came out literally a couple months ago. Each bottle comes with its own customizable medallion. And when we say medallion, it's like legit, it's a heavy medallion to the point where if you, or when you mail your medallion back in a standard envelope, more times than not, if the edges aren't taped, it'll break through the envelope and then get lost in the mail. These things are legit. So these make great gifts as well as a remembrance piece for those who gave the ultimate sacrifice. Their motto is drink to honor, drink to pay respect, and drink responsibly. The story behind the label is, I think, one of the best that we've ever had on our show. And it entangles a lot of different aspects that people understand but don't know, again, the history of it. So here's the spiel. The shield or patch gives credence to military, police, firefighters, and emergency personnel that have ever worn a patch. The 13 stars configured four on the left, four on the right, and five in the middle in the shape of a pentagon is inspired by Sergeant Major Jaskula's best friend and battle buddy, Chris Dill, who was a fellow drill sergeant who was KIA and 4405, which adds up to 13. Chris Dill's also from Buffalo, New York. When connected, the 13 stars make one army chevron, the rank of private, which reflects that no one starts out at the top, not even generals or sergeant major. The number 13 in the background represents the 13 in roulette, so let it ride. 12 is a dirty dozen, and 13 monkeys, that's just chaos. So their website is 13monkeys, 13 is spelled out, .com. It has a tab on the top of the page labeled where to buy. You click that, and then you can see all the current locations to buy a bottle. Mm -hmm. So 13 monkeys is a one-man crew. It's Jason Jaskula. So he's a local vet, born and raised Buffalo, New York, did some tremendous things all over the world, um, and states. And now this is his endeavor, which blossomed after he formed the KIA Memorial Road March, which started out as him just giving remembrance to Chris Dill and then blossomed into one of the biggest local fundraisers and food drives that ever happen in Western New York every year. Um, so they do an insane amount for the community so when I picked up the medallion from him, there's like 6,000 pounds of food that is going to be moved and donated to all different people. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it's insane. There's there's um, raffle baskets. There's there's so much stuff that's like already processing it in the works. And the KIA Road March, they do other things other than that, but that's just the nonprofit and the name that it was initially gave mm-hmm. um, and started. So... He's a one-man crew. He blended the, the bourbon, brought it back into the States, got the label approved, got his license, and then is literally knocking on doors and selling his product to local places. So it's in you know Elmo Wine and Liquor, Addie's Wine and Liquor, 
um, a bunch of different restaurants, including Neat. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are making cocktails with it. Uh, that is like a, a Manhattan, which is really good. There's also monkey beer, which we'll get into. And then there's just a lot of good things in the works where people like it. People like what it's about. People understand the process. Um, and they're basically just diving into what they can do to help support. So for this, um, a lot of the information about the mash bill on it is classified. However, it is 80 proof. Uh, so it's a smooth sipper. And then based off of our interview with Jason, when we sat down with him at Eddie's wine and liquor, you and I hit off the top that this must be a high corn mash, but we're not a hundred percent. But that's just based on where we're at. We're also basing that off of the color of this, which God take a sip. There it is. The wind is wild today. Uh, based on the color of this, it's a really light Amber. Um, it literally almost like borderline looks like yellow. borderline corn. Yeah. yeah. Like corn yellow. So it's, it, and just because of the, the sweetness of it, it's gotta be a high corn, mm-hmm. but the, yeah. So the story behind it's awesome. So for us, uh, we have our own customizable medallion and our medallion is the Buffalo happy hour podcast with our mission statement under it. That says giving small businesses a free platform to promote. And then on the back of the medallion is the KIA and a proceeds proceeds of each bottle go directly to the KIA. Mm-hmm. So you're literally directly helping them uh, keep everything forward. And then for the bottle. There it is. Now Yeah, what we should do is just flip the medallion. Yeah, I'm going to that take it off so I can show them. Yeah. But keep going. So uh, the other recommendation is because it's not your stereotypical bottle. It resembles something that it's not, which we touched on in the interview. Uh, most people think it's a mason jar. It's not a mason jar. You'll hear about that in the interview. But the tip is on Amazon, you can buy these lids, and then these lids screw right onto uh, the top of the bottle and then you can easily pour however we did not buy the right size we got a large instead of a small which is about it everything's fine but for there it is nailed it for the for the lid make sure you get the small not the large just because then you want it to screw on and work properly for you so that's where we're at but yeah, this is really sweet. I I love the fact that it's customizable. Yeah. You don't see that for any whiskey brand out there. And this is just another cool local Buffalo product that is making waves. I mean, this isn't bad stuff. No. At all. No. This is fantastic whiskey, and we'll get to it during the rating section. But this is something that you can buy. It, it is priced. I think at Addy's, it's about 58 right now. Yeah. Um, but again, you have to remember that part of it goes back to the KIA um, so we can continue to do more for the community. So it's, it's a great product. Go check it out. Let us know what you like or if you like it. And uh, yeah, it's, it's fantastic. He is on social media too. So you can follow 13 monkeys. It comes right up 13 monkeys whiskey. And then uh, that way you're able to kind of follow on in the journey and, and try it out. But yeah, definitely swing in, pick up a bottle if you're local and, and help support because it's all going to a great cause. It's for a great guy. It's got a great story and it, pretty much embodies the entire first responding and military uh, community. Mm-hmm. So I'm stoked for this. 
Hell yeah, man. You want to get to the cocktails? Yeah. So, let's go with you start, and then I will go off of you. Okay. So, drop the... I don't even know where you're going to go with this, but drop the beat for the cocktail no, section. Cocktails. Oof. All right, man. What do you got? So, I have the Manhattan. And uh, this one is a cocktail that we recommended before, but uh, who who liked it? Was it um, Chris's dad that liked the Manhattan? Or Jason's grandfather? Who is it that liked the Manhattan? Listen to the interview. We talk about it. No one dislikes a Manhattan right, with this Right, what whiskey. was their favorite? Yeah, well, it was. Uh, there were two gentlemen at Neat. Oh, there yeah, were total yeah, strangers yeah. that loved it. And then... Someone Chris, related to him or that then, knows him. And well. then Chris's dad That's what it is. loves this yeah. as well, um, which... For obvious reasons, but he also genuinely enjoys the whiskey. Yeah. So Manhattans are typically made with two ounces of bourbon, one ounce of sweet vermouth, two dashes of Angostura bitters, one dash of orange bitters, and garnished with a brandied cherry. Beautiful. I love Manhattans. Manhattans are amazing whenever. Now at Neat, their recipe for this specific Manhattan is the Monkey's Manhattan. It's 13 Monkey's Whiskey. Uh, Tenuta, Tenuta, T-E-N-U-T-A, sweet vermouth, and bitters. Okay. So, essentially the same thing. Yeah. And then my cocktail is... You ready for this? Yep. Oh, I texted it to you. That's right. There's a lot, a lot going on today. Just cut all this out. It's fine. Everything's fine. We're perfect. No, we don't cut anything out. It is monkey beer. So it is this. It's called the bomb. Buffalo's own monkey beer. Yes. The bomb, Buffalo's own monkey beer, which is this whiskey and root beer. Mix it. Quick, half-ass stir and sip it and enjoy it. And you're going to be thrown away with how good it is with root beer. It's ridiculous. I don't even like root beer. I don't really like pop in general or soda if you're from the South. Uh, But I loved it. We had it during the interview or after the interview. And I was blown away with how the flavors of root beer, specifically mug, right? He likes the mug root beer. Specifically mug and how that mixes and plays off of the notes within this whiskey was just phenomenal. Yeah. What are you doing? You cold? Everything's going to shut down. The garage is going to fall over. The space heater is going to start this place on fire. What the hell is that? I don't know, man. Do we just stop recording? No, we're good. I'm freezing. Yeah. Are you? But, it, I mean, you're wearing, like, a legit sweater. I'm. You're rocking one of our sweaters. It's one of the best sweaters. Very soft. It doesn't come from China. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, uh, I'm chilly. Yeah. Plus, I'm, I'm, I'm losing weight again. So Yeah, I'm getting rid of body fat, and now I'm cold all the time because... On purpose? Yeah, on purpose. I'm a blimp. <laughs> what are you talking about? Oh, shut up. It's a lifestyle, dude. You can't just let it go, you know? So I'm out here trying to trying to maintain. I don't want my wife to leave me for some schlomiel. I'm not <laughs> down. six-pack? Yeah, just not down for it, you know? Well, you're doing it during the wrong time. You're supposed to lose weight during the summer. That way, you're not freezing through the yeah, winter. Yeah, and it's bulking season. Well... 
I'm not going to a gym with a mask on, so I'll just work out in my basement and smoke myself and grow that way. There you go. Yeah, that's where I'm at. Sounds terrible. All right, so whiskey <laughs> review. You want to do the Wednesday whiskey review for 13 Monkeys? Let's do it. Label branding. A, Michael, what are you getting? A++, checkmark, checkmark, plus checkmark. You said that with such conviction. Did you think about that before this episode? Literally not a second. <laughs> So A plus plus check mark check mark plus check mark. Is that what I said? I don't know. I don't remember. No. A plus plus check mark plus plus check mark is the final official rating for yeah. me. Don't mess it up. Do you agree? Jesus, I agree, I agree, I agree. I agree, I agree, I agree. The Set reason why this is unlike any other label that we've ever had on a show, it is the only product to date that has a fully customizable medallion that's right on the website. Um speaking of which, I have to get this out. For the people so that they know. Listen, the instructions are on the website. You're dealing with a sergeant major in the army directly. He doesn't have a staff, Tim. So pay attention to details. Okay. When you fill out your customizable medallion, the medallion that comes on the bottle you buy at the liquor store, you mail that blank one back to them they then repurpose that medallion okay so don't forget to mail that in because the customizable medallion that you type out online you won't get that one in the mail until they receive your blank medallion that came on the bottle when you purchased it because it's a circle everything works in a circle now you will get a automated email that confirms your order number with what you want your medallion to state. When you mail the blank medallion back to 13 Monkeys, print out the confirmation order number email and mail that with your medallion. The reason being is because Joe Snuffy with KIA date, death date, whatever, medallion going to this address doesn't correlate with, hey, Joe Snuffy lost Bobby Bear and there's right. no way to know who that is. But the order number does. And if you forget to send in your order number, he doesn't know where to send it to. So then he's going to wait around and sit on product, and that's not good for anyone. So mail in your order number with your blank medallion. Moving on. And rant. It's just people don't read directions literally ever. Right. So... We'll just lay it out there. Everyone knows if you mess up, I'll smoke you, as will he. Quick 50 and recover. Grow up being an athlete. And we'll go from there. Jesus. So let's dive into the nose. Wow. After that, I don't know if we can. All right. You know who made that mistake? <laughs> I didn't. Okay. So I sent it from <laughs> Buffalo Happy Hour podcast. Yeah. You're lucky. But most people would have just put Derek Acruso, and then he's well, like, Why well, would I send it from Derek Acruso if I'm the Buffalo Happy Hour podcast? Because I'm also involved. Exactly. That's why I put Buffalo Happy Hour podcast, <laughs> not Derek Acruso. I, listen, but we're very. I was driving there. We're so very I was, unique. <laughs> we'll talk about this after. All right. Nose. Just corn right up front. Corn, honey, a little vanilla up front. I, I can't wait to watch Ice you do cubes. push-ups. 
<laughs> Dude, this was it's okay. So we drink everything neat. This bottle's been in the garage for like a day, and it's literally like twelve degrees. So <laughs> this is pretty wild. I'm gonna go A plus on the nose. It's it's fairly basic corn, like you said. A plus plus. Yeah. All right. A plus plus. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. I agree. Initial taste. Same thing. Heavy corn. Um. Ice cubes. You're getting like a a hay and like a like a cornfield. This tastes different now than it was during the interview mm-hmm. because, because we cold. also enjoyed this mid interview. Mm-hmm. But I'm getting like hay with this now. I don't know if that's because there's like a a malted barley in the. In the mash bill, or if it's like, it's just corn. wood. Yeah, yeah, but like, I don't know if it's if it's a uh, like a wood sugar. I mean, it's aged five five and a half years, so it's just hmm. All right, so corn hay for the initial taste, mm-hmm. and then for the rating. A plus plus. A plus check mark plus. Oh. Switching up a little bit. There's a reason behind it. Okay. Ending note. There's a very, very faint burn. This is unbelievably smooth. I don't know why. It's heavily oily, Mm -hmm. for sure. It's very oily. I don't know if that what i said makes sense but okay heavily oily sure why not i don't the we'll just send it like you're kind of getting to though it is very smooth it does not taste like a 90 proof 80 i thought it was 90 no it was 45 nope 80 proof really yep what was 90 40 abv 40 abv 80 proof yeah most devil's river is 90 proof gotcha okay i could probably figure that it's an 80 proof then it's very smooth. Yeah. And it's dangerous because this will creep up on you. Mm-hmm. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. All right. So ending note, A, check mark, check mark. All of the symbols after the A add up to 13. We did 13 symbols there. Nailed it. You're so annoying with math. <laughs> what are you tasting on the ending note? I'm getting like a, a wood sugar um, and... A faint spice, but I can't pick out what spice. And it's because that's like the lingering part of the burn yeah. for me. Yeah, as it's lingering, you can definitely tell that it has some rye in it. Yeah, so I don't know if it's a baking spice or if it's like a pepper but or if it's a rye or... But it's all corn. All corn. It's got to be. Yeah. Look at it. It's got to be all corn. <laughs> Okay, so sugar, spice, and then we'll do pepper. It's so cold, my nose is like, are we outside? Can we go inside? Yeah, it's like where you scrunch your nose, and then it just stays out there. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Final rating. Three, two, one. 96. Math. Come on. 94.5. 94.5. I was going to... I was literally just about to say that. Were you, though? Yes. No, you weren't. Yes, I you was. You were going to say 97.5. No. <laughs> what do you think? I'm going to try to add things? 
Yeah. It's not my fault that I'm like one of those old solar calculators that take a minute to turn on and <laughs> yeah. you're just a Texas instrument. All right. A T801. Go away. <laughs> Why do you, you know, know if that's a real one? Um, hold on. It was uh, TI-80. I don't remember. I Whatever. was joking around. I have zero the, idea. The standard Texas instrument calculator that we all use to fail math with except for you. You're like, I'll just take a college course now. It's fine. Dude, I did all my homework in class before we even left. And I never had math homework. It was so such a good time. All right, Tony, back to the story about why I never filled this out. So I was driving to the post office, and I'm like, shit, I didn't print this out. And then I thought about it, and I'm like, I'll just, when I get there, write down on a piece of paper and put it in the envelope with it, that, like, Buffalo Happy Hour order number, all that stuff. So I was going to do it at the post office. And then I wrote down Buffalo Happy Hour on the envelope, and I'm like, oh, hell no, we're good. So that's why I- to no go at this station. Failure to follow instructions. It worked. So I was already four glasses in at that time. So whatever. <laughs> I love but it. Yeah. So that's a whiskey review for 13 Monkeys Whiskey. Go pick up a bottle. Go to their website and check out where you can buy it. Because that's, that's more local to you because yeah. they're literally all over the place now. Yeah. So whatever makes sense. Hell yeah, man. I Hell like yeah. it. And then go buy the right size of the uh, tops for this so you can pour it easy. But honestly, sometimes you get something to like a glass or whatever it comes into pour and it ends up all down the side of the glass and you just don't get any i did it right over there and it was perfect yeah so i don't know if it's the shape of the glass that helps the whiskey flow through it a little bit easier but it was easy for me to pour so if you don't have it it's fine there are what like 20 bucks for a two-pack on amazon yeah something something like that so um if you do want to buy them i mean it'll go on whatever type of jar that you have it in but um it's just it's easy to have, but know that you can do it without it. No doubt, no doubt. He, he no doesn't doubt. make those, so he doesn't care. Correct. It's not like he makes those and he would require you to get it. It's just something off Amazon. So if you don't have to get it, you don't have to. What? <laughs> Nailed it. All right. Time for the meat and potatoes of the episode. We're now in, would you say chapter three or episode three? Episode three. All right. Uh, or chapter. It doesn't matter. Episode three of the Buffalo mini segment, segment series. Segment mini series. Yeah. Okay. So episode three is specifically related to the founding in the 19th century. So we're going to go start from the ending of last episode, which was the first Europeans. We discussed about how they kind of inhabited the Buffalo area and how the land was purchased from different land purchases and all that stuff. So now we're going to get to the first people who were really here that made an impact. So the formation of the area back in 1797 to 803, Jacob and Andrew Ellicott, which people might recognize that name, uh, brother, they were brothers who were architects and helped survey the land. Once the Holland land company purchased the land from the Dutch, the new village boundaries extended from Creekside in the South to present day Chippewa street in the North and Carolina street to the West which is where most settlers remain for the first decade of the 19th century. So when I say Ellicott, people know that name. I mean, there's the Ellicott Building downtown. That's what it was named after, is this guy. And Ellicott Development? Yeah. I don't know about that. Could be. Sweet. I assume so. But yeah, I mean, everything... It's cool to put these pieces together after understanding like the history of Buffalo and now being to put the names that we see quite a bit to the people there, which is pretty sweet. So 
So I did bring out a, mo- uh, a mouse, but it died. So that's one. So the settlement was initially called Lake Erie. Uh, and then it was called the Buffalo Creek before being shortened to Buffalo, which is obviously how it's called today. The first road was built in 1802, which extended from Buffalo to Pennsylvania for migrants passing through the Connecticut Western Reserve into Iowa or Ohio, Iowa. That's a combination of Iowa, Idaho, and Ohio. That's a new state. You can't do that ever. Yep, packing this court. Uh, 18. <laughs> <laughs> We're never that gonna was get actually it. inaccurate. Anyway, it would be packing the house in the Senate, but whatever. We're never gonna get subsidized. Subsidized. <laughs> We're never branching out. <laughs> so uh, in eighteen oh four, and this is interesting because if you're ever in City Hall, and I don't know how many people frequent City Hall in the hall, yeah, in the hall. If you're ever in there and you look out, you can see the spoke like pattern that Buffalo was developed on. Yeah, like you have all these different streets going out like a bicycle spoke. To different areas. And that was a design from one of the Ellicott brothers. They Ellicott developed a spoke-like street pattern um, branching out from City Hall that was meant to mirror the same pattern used in the nation's capital. In 1808, Niagara County was established with Buffalo as its, as its county seat. In 1810, the town board of Buffalo was formed from the western part of the town of Clarence. Also in 1810, a courthouse was built. By 1811, the population was 500 people, with many people farming and doing manual labor. The first newspaper to be published was the Buffalo Gazette in October that same year. The Buffalo Gazette was in existence for a long time, too. A long time. And that was established back in 1811. Jesus. wild. It can't be. Was it the same Buffalo Gazette, you think? Must have been. I I don't know why people would call it the Buffalo Gazette. I mean, dude, my dad references the Buffalo Gazette. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's it's got to be the same Buffalo Gazette. It's probably changed so. hands of ownership, clearly, but I I think it's probably you know the same name. Yeah. So I just like, have you ever been to City Hall? No, never. Why would I ever go to City Hall? Of course, I've been to City Hall. Who asked that? Yeah, I'm thirty. <laughs> of course, I've been to City Hall. Have you gone on like the observation deck? Up just top? kidding. I'm twenty eight. Uh. No, I've never been. I will. I will say I have not gone to the observation deck. I went to City Hall for a few legal documents that I needed uh, before I, you know, did the whole army thing. But they have okay. So City Hall is th- that makes sense. But a lot of the legal documents aren't done at City Hall. They're done at the Erie County Clerk's Office. Correct. So honestly, I would never have a need to go to City Hall. I never went. I did go because I went to the observation deck. But outside of that, I never would have gone. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't a ridiculous question, Michael. Uh, but, yeah, if you go to the, uh, the observation deck, you can see the sweet spoke-like pattern. And it, it's pretty mesmerizing to look at, honestly, mm-hmm. that everything is just so straight. I love looking at New York City from, like, a, a top-down view because of all the, like, you know, the, the streets interconnecting and everything like that sure. and it looking just like a grid. For some reason, it's just so satisfying to look at. Same with this. I mean, you have these diagonals and then these cross streets that literally mirror a bicycle. It's really cool to look at. So you want to talk about the War of 1812, Mike, and what uh, kind of perspi- or perspired. Yeah, they sweat a lot. Uh, <laughs> what transpired during the War of 1812 and how that applies to Buffalo? I mean, they probably did sweat a lot, but yes, I'll talk about... Sweaty talk, boys. I'll talk about the war. The terrors. <laughs> mosquitoes. Was in that war. Mosquitoes. Mosquitoes. <laughs> dead babies. So <laughs> the War of 1812, the Battle of Buffalo, also called the Battle of Black Rock took place on December 30th, 1813. So, clearly, 
So again, back to my point originally about them not teaching us local history. I did not know that there was a Buffalo component to the War of 1812. What? They didn't teach me that. Or did you fall asleep? Probably. Anyways, so... You knew about all this? I knew about a lot of it, yeah. Good for you. I did not. (laughs) Where was the... I blame your parents. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Where was the, like, focus of the War of 1812? For us? No, like... The War of 1812 in general. Oh, where was mainly D.C. Yeah, but also also Buffalo is a huge aspect of it. I only remember talking about D.C. So let's talk about it. So the British forces drove off the defenders and destroyed many buildings and ships. The operation was retaliation for American troops burning the Canadian village of Newark, which is present day Niagara on the Lake. Hell yeah. (laughs) So the battle details. Major General Ryle. He was he slayed back in the day, man. He I'll put had, a picture up right here. He he fucked. <laughs> he had <laughs> one thousand four hundred and fifteen soldiers, Brits, Canadian, Native Americans, and uh, that were allies to the Brits. He was in charge of all of them. Mm-hmm. Major General Amos Hall of the New York Militia had around two thousand eleven men, all volunteers or militia. Yeah. So those are the two forces fighting against each other. Fourteen fifteen versus two thousand eleven. I'll let you guess who won. So Ryall crossed America. Niagara around midnight on December 29th and landed with most of his men some two miles downstream of Black Rock in the early hours of December 30th. He delegated Lieutenant Colonel John Gordon and the Royal Scoots to land at Black Rock itself in order to attack the Americans from a different direction. Major Major General Amos Hall was first alerted to the British presence when Ryle's advance guard, the Light Infantry Company of the 89th Regiment, drove off the American piquette at... Con- Conjockety. Conjockety Creek, now known as Squajaquita Creek. We'll talk a little bit more about Squajaquita because I found out the actual reasoning why it's called Squajaquita. During the first episode, we were hypothesizing about what I believed. Uh, I found a little bit more out. And there's a, an interesting fact section down below that we'll get to. Interesting. So they, they captured the bridge and the battery there. Hall sent the militia under Warren and Churchill to... Reconnoiter. <laughs> you, I love the copy and paste aspect because I literally just would have said recon. When they ran off at the first enemy fire, Hall dispatched a second force under Adams and Chapin, but exactly the same thing happened. Okay, so hold on. So this dude, so Hall sent the militia under Warren and Churchill to recon. And they ran off at the first enemy fire. So clearly they were compromised. They were atrocious at doing reconnaissance and didn't know what to do. They probably didn't even know individual movement techniques at the time. But anyways, we'll get to that. (laughs) Then they tried again under Adams and Chapin, but the same thing happened. Because again, lack of training. Lack of planning. Anyways. So how we ended up winning, I have no idea. So Hall now took personal command of the remainder of his force. He ordered a detachment under Lieutenant Colonel... Blake Blackesley? Blakesley. Blake's crushed it. Blakesley to attack the British left and advance toward Black Rock with the rest of his men. So he basically coordinated a flank. As dawn broke, Hall directed a very heavy fire of cannon and musketry at the Gordon's Royal Scoots <laughs> as they tried to land at Black Rock. Gordon was supported by the fire of a five gun battery, but several of his boats 
grounded and his regiment took substantial casualties before they could force their way ashore. So they were essentially dead in the water, crushed it. Ryol now advanced with his main body against Hall's center, sending a detachment from his left wing to hit the... So... Uh, to hit the American right flank. So again, he he countered with a flank. Although the Americans fought with considerable obstinacy, according to Ryle, after half an hour of fighting, the American right wing broke into a rout. In order to avoid being outflanked, Hall ordered a general retreat. The British pursued all the way to Buffalo, which was two miles away. But once in Buffalo, the British and the Indians sacked it, burning down all but four of its buildings. Damn. So the British troops also destroyed the Navy, Yard and three armed schooners, which were the Chippewa, Ariel, and Little Belt, and one sloop, the Trippy. See, I didn't know of any of this. So, Ryle's force then moved on to Black Rock, where once again all but one building was razed to the ground before going back over the Niagara to Canada. So he essentially burned everything down and then just retreated to Canada and said, okay, I don't think that they're going to be doing much after that. Yeah, he's like, board is closed, COVID, going back to Canada now. (laughs) (laughs) So on August 4th, 1814, (laughs) you have to show the TV so people can read along and look at this word. It's literally British, but they took the H off and then put into into the same word. So it's British into Canada. What in the world was... Is that a typo? Uh, No. All right. So consequently, Fort Erie's siege under Gordon Drummond later failed and British forces withdrew. Though only three buildings remained in the village, rebuilding was swift and finished forces under Lieutenant Colonel John Tucker and Lieutenant Colonel William Drummond. The General Gordon Drummond's nephew, he attempted to raid Black Rock at Buffalo as part of a diversion to force an early surrender at Fort Erie the next day, but he was defeated by a small force of American riflemen under Major Loic Morgan at the Battle of Con- Conjocata again. Conjocata Creek and withdrew back uh, in 1815. Yeah, there might be some typos. Some of this did come from Wikipedia, so I don't really know. A lot of this came from Wikipedia, and where was the other? Britannica is where I also gathered some of this research from. So basically what I'm trying to say is 50% is accurate, 50% is false. So So how many people passed, Derek? What were the casualty rates? Uh, So the British casualty return gave 25 British regulars, three militiamen, um, and three Native Americans killed, 63 regulars, six militiamen, and three Native Americans wounded, and nine regulars missing, a total of 31 killed. 72 wounded and nine missing. Of these, 13 killed, 32 wounded, and 16 or six missing were from the Royal Scots, who had endured a heavy cannonade. Right? Yeah, they. they that means they just got destroyed, just destroyed by cannons. By cannons, nailed it while grounding grounded in their boots. The American took boats. five prisoners. Oh, boats. boats. My bad. Boots. <laughs> They're just strapping on those boots, those high boots. And then we took five prisoners and probably razzed them for a while. Oh, did some hazing. It. So the official American casualty figures were reported as 50 killed and 52 wounded. The dead include Lieutenant Colonel Bowden, the Ontario Messenger of January 25th, 1814, published a list of 67 Americans captured on December 30th, 11 whom were wounded. Lieutenant Colonel Chapin was among the prisoners. Eight pieces of America's artillery were captured. Uh, At the time of the War of 1812, Buffalo had a population of about 1,500. So now we're kind of getting away from the, the war uh, so let's actually stop right there before we continue. 
Um, but that was the War of 1812, man. Yeah, how so they, it applied to Buffalo. Yeah, so they basically just burned it out. And then they took eight of our sensitive items. So you should probably tie down your artillery. So, yeah, no, really. What <laughs> losers. So was their whole point of trying to capture Buffalo to be a part of Canada? Like, what, what was the point of the War of 1812? Just to fight us and kill us? Of, like, that portion of the War of 1812. So I don't know if you forgot, but I was born in 1992. So I have literally no idea what the answer to that question is. But I don't know. You're like military man or something like that. So oh, yeah, sure. You... So we all just in basic training learn about the War of 1812 <laughs> instead of how to kill the enemy. You're right. What was the purpose? <laughs> Somebody's screaming at their computer right now. You idiot. Is I know. Reason? How do you not know the intent of the War of 1812? Yeah. I don't even know when it was held. Uh, the War of 1812 calls by the British restrictions on U.S. trade and Americans desire to expand its territory. Uh, the United States took its greatest naval power in the world, Great, Great Britain. So basically, they were trying to maintain parts of Buffalo. Like, they were trying to capture parts of Buffalo, and we're just like, nah, fam, shoot you in the face. I'm pretty sure that's the exact verbiage that they used. Probably. They're they, like, nah, fam, chaw. You know. <laughs> I, <laughs> I hate you. So but That's crazy, though. I mean. Yeah. We are considered Canada light, or Canada is considered Buffalo light, I should say, because I'm never going to stoop that low for Buffalo. But I was considered an honorary Canadian when they found out that I was from Buffalo when I worked with them. Right. But so, I mean, I could see why they would want to have this. Yeah. So when do you think, when do you think the border was set between Canada and Buffalo? Like the Peace Bridge. When was what do you come bridge? up with these questions? Just ask me on the fly. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> What the hell Come kind of on, question Michael? is that? You're supposed to know all this. When was the peace bridge? No, not the peace bridge. That just connects them. But when were the borders established? When the countries were formed? When was the... I would assume. When were... No, open borders works. When were borders... I'm getting very political today, and I don't understand why. Borders created between... This is really good content again. Uh, Canada and the U.S. 1818. So in 1818, a U.S.-British agreement had established the border along the 49th parallel from the Lake of the Woods in the east to the Rockies in the west. The two nations agreed to a joint occupation of Oregon Territory for 10 years, an arrangement that was extended for an additional 10 years in 1827. So about 1818 is when the border was established. That's interesting, actually, because it's also in this part. So (laughs) at the time of the War of 1812, Buffalo had a population of about 1,500 and became the American military headquarters for the Niagara Frontier. No, no, no. You can't say it like that. What do you mean? That was way too... Listen to what you just said. That's powerful. At the time of the War of 1812, Buffalo had a population of around 1,500 and became the American military headquarters for the Niagara Frontier. Right. You, Dude, it's the frontier. Every time you say the Niagara Frontier, you have to give it the Niagara Frontier. It's, you know, it's it's the thing. It's It's about the land. Am I shot? I'm shot. Moving on. I didn't learn about this in high school, so I'm not sure how to enunciate it correctly. The Niagara Frontier. <laughs> yeah, see, there you go. Throw this some... was burned by the British in 1813, but was rebuilt and incorporated as the village of Buffalo in 1816. What the hell is up with them and starting shit on fire? Right. Just leave it alone. <laughs> this is like the 15th thing that just set ablaze. Yeah, the, the 16th thing is going to be this garage if we don't put this heater back <laughs> on soon. 
1817, construction began on the Erie Canal. So that's interesting. Fast forward or foreshadowing to next week's episode. Where we basically just talk about the Irish getting (laughs) hammered on whiskey and digging a trench. Basically. It's going to be an interesting episode, though. So Buffalo gradually rebuilt itself and by 1816 had a new courthouse. In 1818, the eastern part of the town was lost to form the town of Amherst. Oh, God. (laughs) Whatever. Erie County was Those informed. Stupid North towns are coming. I know, back seriously. They're all. It's literally like uh, Pawnee and yeah, Eagleton. Eagleton. Why do you think that Buffalo has that? And it's well known. Is the south the South Town people do not go to the North towns, and the North Town people do not come to the South towns. Why do you think that is? Financial demographic, probably. Whatever. Why do you have to put reason behind it? <laughs> White houses, they're necessary. All right, so. <laughs> Financial demographics. (laughs) Erie County was formed out of the Niagara County in 1821. So Niagara County was actually first, which is hard to stomach on my end. Uh, Retaining Buffalo is the county seat. Why? Why does that matter? Because I hate Niagara County. Why? What happens in Niagara County? You can buy a pistol in like four hours. That's what happens in Niagara (laughs) County. That is what's wrong with this country. (laughs) (laughs) Plus, there's more land up there. It's cheaper taxes, less people. Yeah, no. Because Erie County is just populated. Because that's where Buffalo Anytime is. Anytime you get far away, like to the point where, oh, like I see land, Wyoming County. Oh, I see somewhere land, Chautauqua County. Like yeah. everything. Oh, are, in so Erie. you mean you mean away from the city center? Yeah, I mean Erie County. Yeah, I'm. I don't. I want Erie County to expand <laughs> the whole Western New York. Get Niagara out of here. No way. What do you mean, no way? I don't want to pay. For the city of Buffalo, if I'm literally 70 miles away from it, that doesn't make any sense. We're paying for New York City, and we're 400 miles away from it. Correct. All of our water also funnels to fund their electricity. Exactly. So how is that fair? Let's secede. We're in New Amsterdam now. (laughs) All right. So (laughs) Fun facts. Buffalo was not named Buffalo because of the bison, but it is believed... To be a mispronunciation of the French term "boufleuve," <laughs> which translates to "beautiful river" good. in reference to Buffalo Creek. Did you Obviously. know that? Yeah, I knew that. That's probably the only way I knew how to pronounce that in French. You knew outside that outside of the fact that I was fluent in French. Yes, Derek, I knew that. And a lot of that is because of my father, who would literally just spout these random facts before he fell asleep in his recliner, drunk <laughs> holding his beer bottle. Such a legend. So this, I had no idea about that. Really? Boufleuve. Yeah, Boufleuve. I, I mean, it makes sense. Yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. That's why everyone wears a mask now that says Buffalove. I don't think that's why. Of course not. That's a that's a joke. <laughs> so anyways, also, my father was a great man, is a great man. He's still alive. Jesus. And he's not an alcoholic. <laughs> dark real yeah. <laughs> and he's not an alcoholic. So don't think that he's just some guy that has a beer gut and falls asleep in his recliner holding a beer. So anyways. So Skajakwita Creek. Going yeah. back to what we talked about two, uh, two episodes ago. So it's cool knowing anybody in Buffalo can pronounce that, but nobody outside of Buffalo can. Uh, there's proof to that, too. I got buddies in South Carolina, and they came up. They're like, what does that road sign say? And I'm like, oh, it's just Skojakwita Crick. Yeah. And they're like, hold on. You just said something Native American, and then you said Crick instead of Creek? Right. Yeah. I'm like, welcome to Buffalo. So that was named after Philip Kinjokity. Yep. Philip 
was a Native American described as the oldest resident of the region upon his death in 1808. He was also known as Skadigwad, <laughs> meaning beyond the multitude. Yeah. So basically, in when he was a Native American, his name, his like actual known by name was Skadwakwada, which is they phonetically pronunciated it in this uh, document. That's why Mike phonetically pronounced 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 it. Jesus, now I can't even pronounce pronunciate. That's why he pronounced it in that fashion. So Skadwakwada means beyond the multitude. So, but that's why it's called Skajakwada Creek now. Interesting, huh? Sick. So yeah, basically this whole episode was the Battle of Black Rock. And I'm so happy with that because I did not know that. Yeah, and it kind of ties into... No, it's selfish. Never mind. I don't I'm not going to go that, there. I don't think many people know what the Battle of 1812 is. The ongoing joke of the Battle of 1812 or the War of 1812 is, well, when did it take place? But if you get past that, nobody knows about it. It's a forgotten war. Not forgotten. I mean, people, it's not a forgotten war, but not many people like. <laughs> it's a forgotten it. war. I mean, it's not a forgotten war. But like, <laughs> it's not a major segment in U.S. history. It is because it's, I mean, well, it was when I was growing up until I don't know what the hell they teach now in Common Core. But yeah, I mean, it's. It's a huge war. It wasn't huge, like numbers wise. <laughs> That's the second time you just did that. It's well, a huge war. I mean, really, it's not a huge war. <laughs> but, like, numbers-wise, I meant, like, huge. The first time I said it, I meant it's, like, huge, like, it's a big deal. It is a huge deal. Not huge, it, like, numbers-wise. Like, there wasn't a ton of casualties in the area. Well, yeah. I mean, comparatively to the times, but right. it's, you know, it's a profound portion of our history that, again, history should never be forgotten. It should only be learned from. So, that's where I'm at. Yeah. So, yeah, so that was episode three of our segment miniseries that Michael and I know so much about. Um, next week, let me just scroll up here because we do this on the fly. We never come prepared. We're on episode 59. Well, I know, but episode four, which is next week's episode of the segment miniseries. Hmm. All right, so episode four will be specifically on the Erie Canal covering the time frames of... 1825 to 1850 so basically all about the erie canal yeah so if you like the content today make sure to like and subscribe if you are excited for erie canal let us know and then also if you miss anything prior to this founding in the 19th century go back and watch episode one which was the pre-colonization where we talked about the native americans that occupied the land and the first europeans where we talked about who the first europeans were to occupy the land nailed it all right michael take us out I just want to let everybody know that the Buffalo Zoo was formed in 1875, which is directly going to be correlating with uh, episode four and five. So just so everyone knows, it's like the second or third oldest zoo in the country. So, nice. Yeah. That's pretty uh, interesting. It's yeah. not the best, though, but it's the second or third oldest. <laughs> it's an accredited zoo, which is a huge deal. We'll talk about Go it. Go to Cleveland. <sighs> I mean, it's better than going to the Cincinnati Zoo because I smoked my boy Harambe. Never Jesus. forget. All right. Anyways, uh, again, we're on Buffalo. Uh, yeah, we're on Buffalo. Nailed it. Wow, so, you're really good at this game. Listen, we are the Buffalo Happy Hour. Uh, we are a podcast that features small local Buffalo businesses and give them a platform to promote for free for one hour. 
If you know of any businesses that you want to be featured on our show for a special interview, please let us know in the comments, send us a message, email us, uh, whatever you want to do, and we will go from there. the wind is going to blow down the garage, so we're doing great. But the accounts for us on Instagram, we're Buffalo Happy Hour 12 on Instagram, Buffalo Happy Hour on Facebook. We're not on Twitter because it's too negative, and I'm so sick of uh, presidential election ads, so I'm not going to look at that. We're also on YouTube. Please subscribe. If you have not subscribed already, but you do follow our show, I don't know what you're doing. Set up a Gmail email so that you're, I don't know, like in the 21st century. Right. And then 21st or 20th century? 21st. 21st crushed it (laughs) all right this is the end (laughs) and then (laughs) see you later and subscribe because we need we need subs that's what we need we have a lot we have a lot of momentum that is occurring on instagram facebook is kind of at a lull so if you're also on facebook which i'm assuming you are uh follow us and just hit that like just just grow the community we're we're really focusing right now on the next level of networking yeah like we have a very solid base and what is eye-opening and and then we can end this episode because this is pretty long right now but what what is eye-opening jesus what is eye-opening is the fact that people are now listening to our episodes because they enjoy the content and it's not this pity party to support two jamokes they don't know what they're talking about to be fair, we now just have new strangers that want to support two jamokes that don't know what they're talking about. Sure, yeah, that's I mean, fine. The, the process is still there. It's just now we're reaching a new demographic. So this is what we want to do going forward. We want to reach that next level. So help us do that by sharing our videos. If you like the video, it does great for YouTube algorithms. But what's really going to help is you sharing it, getting your friends involved, getting businesses that you like to attend involved. If if I was somebody that listened to this podcast and I frequented neat restaurant i'd be like hey next time i go to neat like have you guys ever been on the buffalo happy hour podcast like get that in their ear because that's how we're going to get into these businesses we're still a small podcast and we're still fighting that uphill battle of trying to get into these restaurants and some businesses people have been great we have some amazing interviews coming out but the more that our fans keep promoting us the more that they'll notice and be on our show and the more that will grow so thank you all for your support so far we really appreciate it we still have sweatshirts available if you're interested in buying one of them let us know uh send us a dm or whatever portion of the proceeds go directly to buffalo niagara waterkeeper and we're just going to keep just going to keep going through if you haven't listened to jason's interview from 13 monkeys go back to last friday and check it out it was a great interview he dived extremely deep into the his whole friendship with chris dill and it was a a very very good conversation so if you have not seen that yet go back and check it out and then go buy a bottle of his uh 13 monkeys whiskey that's it michael this has been episode 59 i'll see you next week for episode 60 i appreciate all of you i'm gonna go warm up uh in front of a fire that i build there you go drink responsibly and just be a good person and don't litter Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. 
Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.